The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. I mean, the Colts are a great football team. I think all of us understand that. You look at their roster, um, they have playmakers everywhere, guys that made plays in this league for a long time. We understand how tough a, of an opponent it's going to be, so uh, we're not looking ahead at anything. We're looking straight at the Colts and know it's going to be a tough matchup for us to go to Indy in their home opener and try to find a way to get a win. Ah, all right, baby. Here we go. Here we go. 2-0. 2-0 as the Chiefs uh, look to march, although they are – they have been, you could argue, the dominant team over the last four or five years. But uh, even though they have the best player, many people believe, uh, people just believe the Buffalo Bills are now the best team in football. So They are the uh, best team in football. Uh, it, people like Serta, you, you got them right now <laughs> on the field, on the field, <laughs> AFC Championship game, Chiefs-Bills. You, you going with Buffalo? Yes. If the game wow. was tomorrow, yeah, I would wow. take Buffalo wow. right now okay. because right. they look that overwhelming and that unstoppable on both sides of the ball. That I, sounds for the season they have they have the best roster in football and they have proved every bit of it through two weeks. Yeah. That sounds like you. That sounds <laughs> like you. Some people say they got to win some first. Some people say they got to they, they got to prove it. They got to beat them first. But all right, we'll see, we'll see. But you know, generally a team that's been as dominant as they are. Hey, you got to beat them first, and I guess Buffalo doesn't have to do that. I still, but <laughs> I still like the Chiefs. I still think the Chiefs are the second oh, no, best team in the AFC. There you go. Hey, live on it. Live on it. Buffalo does look really damn good, but <laughs> live on that thing. Live on that thing. I'm gonna be honest with you. I I know we looked at this schedule and we thought like this is the game where man, it looks daunting. But then you look a little deeper and you look like, well, maybe this Colts game may not be as bad as it is. And when you see them get blanked 24 to nothing by the little Jacksonville Jaguars, and then they tie a team that I have watched uh, that is one of the worst teams in football, tied them, and not just tied them. Hell, they were down 20 to twenty to, to 3 in the fourth quarter of that game and found a way to come back. Um this feels like a, a game that they should handle, even though it is on the road. This feels like a game they should handle, but I'm not going to lie, fellas. I'm a little bit more concerned for the Chiefs about this game than I think most. I think most people look at this probably near a double-digit win for the Chiefs and think the Chiefs will win this game easily, and they very well may. But the reason why is this is – this isn't really about X's and O's for me. This is a this is a team whose backs are against the wall. I, I think there are people out here who are potentially playing for their jobs. Like, I, 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 I kid you not, if this thing gets bad Sunday, let's say the Chiefs roll in there and beat the brakes off the Colts. Let's say the Chiefs do to the Colts what they did to the Cardinals, which I think a lot of people could see this happening. I think Frank Wright, I would not be surprised if if Frank Wright gets Herm Edwards out, up out of there and that he gets fired uh, after this game. I could see Chris Ballard getting fired after this game uh, because it's that bad. They start 0-3 and lose like they did and get beat the brakes off of. I think they are coaching for their jobs. I think the owner ticked off and trusted Frank Wright with Carson Wentz last year, and now they've started like this. 
I could see them cleaning house and they're coaching for their jobs. They're as healthy as they as they as they've been. Shaq Leonard probably plays in this game. Uh Buckner has had issues, didn't play a ton in their last game. Pittman didn't play in their last game. I'm a little bit more concerned about this game because you got a team that's probably going to put forth their best effort. They probably circled this game already because Patrick Mahomes is in it. I, I don't know. I don't know that this is just going to be the walk that a lot of people think. So I'm going to be in LA this weekend, Ron. I'm going to a wedding out there. And on Sunday morning, it's going to be glorious. Starts at 10 a.m. out there, local time. Can't wait That's to right. watch this game. I'm going to be sipping martinis. You know why? Because there is no reason to worry about this game. You look at this Colts offense, man, I, I fell for it. I thought they were going to completely demolish the AFC South. I thought as a result of a week schedule, they had a real shot to be like the second best record in the AFC, which would not be indicative of how good they are. But just, you know, when you're in that division, you're going to rack up a bunch of wins. They have been awful against poor opponents. And now they're going up against a team and a coach in Andy Reid who had 10 days to prepare for them. And this is the version of the Colts that we've had so far this year where Matt Ryan just looked cooked. He looks like he is the same guy that he was in Atlanta. I thought it would change when he got in a better situation. I'm not even sure this is a significantly better situation outside of coaching. It's a disaster right now in Indy. Their left tackle is a turnstile. Their right guard is every bit as bad. Braden Smith, who I think previously was a decent player, not an all-star level player, but a a decent player, he has not been playing very well. They basically have two skill guys. Maybe you could argue three, but two of those guys aren't going to be on the same field very often at the same time. And Naheem Hines, Jonathan Taylor, and Michael Pittman, that's it. There is not a whole lot to worry about defensively going up against this team. I like Frank Reich. I still genuinely believe he's a pretty good coach, and I don't understand what's happened this year with the way that he's been scheming things and his inability to get Jonathan Taylor involved. But you mentioned the Colts game. This should be like that. They play a defense that the Chiefs should shred. We'll get to that. Their offense is not talented enough, I don't believe, to take advantage of some of the deficiencies that the Chiefs have on the defensive side of the ball. The Chiefs could easily win this thing 44-21, just as they did in week one in Arizona. The only hesitancy that I have is what you're talking about with the backs against the wall and my respect that I have for Frank Reich as a coach. But when you look at the team, the players that are on the field, man, this is a complete mismatch from top to bottom. Yeah, and I agree with BK simply for that. Like, I just think that the Chiefs are going to totally overwhelm them. And you know, preseason, I was on the Colts hype train too. I was like, they're easily the best team in the AFC South. Like, what what are we talking about here? That, that division's terrible. They should run through that division and be a high seed in the AFC, even if we don't believe that they're legitimately one of the best teams in the in the conference or anything like that. And it has just been a disaster through two weeks. And I know it's early in the season and we can still see a lot of things change. And I think the Colts will probably get better as the season goes on. But I don't think you can fix the problems that they've had through the first two weeks of the season. And a lot of it, I think, falls on general manager Chris Ballard, who, you know, we have hyped up for several years and they had a lot of I draft have never, picks. I have and, never hyped him up. Well, I, I mean, a lot, the, of, a lot of people did because he doesn't have he, the balls to draft a quarterback. Because so I don't, I've, I've never hyped him well, up. Well, a, a lot of people did. A lot of people, uh, you know, praise you his scouting acumen and the way, he, he, the way he went about uh, acquiring draft picks and loading up and trying to, you know, overhaul that bad Colts roster. Well, the problem is now we're several several years into this thing. You haven't fixed the quarterback situation. You've got some nice players on your team, but overall your roster, the same as it was last year, is seriously lacking in star power and difference makers. You've got a handful of them across the entire roster, and it's not enough to make up for the lack of depth that you have everywhere else. Like They're just getting exposed early in the season, and I think that those issues are issues that are going to plague them the entire year. So even if Frank Reich, who I agree is a good head coach, turns things around a little bit offensively and please feed Jonathan Taylor. I've got him on my fantasy team and we know wow. that's how you win football games in Indianapolis. Wow. 
I just don't think that the issues are go- going to be fixed. Like the issues are too big for them to fix within an actual season. Listen, uh, first off, like I said, Chris Ballard, I've never, ever, my man is paying. He has got the highest paid left guard and middle linebacker in the sport. Like, come on, man. This is 2022. That's that's where you're that's where you're spending money. You get get the hell up out of here with that one. And uh, he never and, spends in free agency. And listen, free agency is, is free bad agency. business, but you should at least spend in the middle class. The middle class is where you can find those really solid role players. Like, and why were they hey, not why were they not in on some of these wide receivers this offseason? It's been said, three years now where they don't have any wide receivers on the field. He's not that getting any receivers. wide receivers. And he said, let's rock and roll, baby. Let's take this thing to Jacoby Brissett. Let's shake, rattle, and roll over to Phillip Rivers. Let's go ahead and rock and roll with Carson Wentz. Let's go ahead and now shake it all out with Matt Ryan. Let's not draft any of these quarterbacks. Get up out of here, man. Chris Ballard, I, I, he, he, he's found a couple of pieces, and we just we just rolled up in here. He drafted a guard at number six and then had to force himself to pay him 60 damn million dollars guaranteed. How about that? That's how you draw it up at 2022. Highest paid left <laughs> guard in the game and middle linebacker. Also, it's been five years. He got Quinn yes, Nelson and, and, and Shaq Leonard. And then everybody was like, oh, this is the guy. He's he's doing his thing. He's such a genius and, in the draft. Man, and he, and he, he's got recently. He's his got a left have not been good. He's got the best left guard in He's got the best left guard in football. And meanwhile, he's got some guy named Greg Pryor or whatever his name is <laughs> at left tackle Matt, right now. Who the hell is that? And his answer last year, by the way, at left tackle was the ghost of Eric Fisher. Like it's, it's just weird, man. So we're, we're all on the same page here. It's now I, I think they've been overrated for a while. And it's why I have so much respect for the job that Frank Reich does, honestly, is because I don't think that the Colts have been as talented as the results have shown on the field. Like they've been pretty close to, if not getting to the, uh, the playoffs, being close to playoff contention each of the last four seasons under Reich. And I think a lot of that is what he's done, not so much what they've done from a front office perspective. And and, and that's why, to me, one, some of the things that you said, sir, and both of you said, like this, like I said, man, I, I'm not going to dispute anything you said. Lord knows the two of you have probably just watched film of the Colts. <laughs> um, both of you probably have. I watched the Colts in game one I, I, I with my own eyes up, <laughs> up top. All right, in the press box. I, I listen. I, I'm not going to dispute anything. This is to me is just one. This is a different team than they have put out there from the from the the thought process of Shaq Leonard is probably their best player, and he has not played a down uh, in, in any of the two games last week. Listen, I know their their offense is is a struggle bus, and we understand about their lack of receivers. Well, they played the last game without Pittman. All right, that changes a lot. And even Hell Buckner with the hip has had problems and hasn't been able to play the normal snaps that he does. So I, I think it's a different team. And one thing I do know about Frank Wright is he has nuts that he will let hang. And he will – I mean, I would be surprised if he just says, to hell with if I'm going out, I'm going out uh, uh, shooting bullets, all the bullets I got. So I could see him going for fourth downs. I mean, I, I could see him – this is a guy that had a chance to tie a game and keep him in first place in the division, and instead he tried to go for the win in overtime, right? Like, like so he is he will let them hang, and it's a different team. They've got to have the all of their better players at home for the first time, and this is a backs against the walls type of thing. So I will not dispute anything of of everything you said of what you watch. I just think this is going to be a different team with a different attitude and maybe a different way of how they run they go ahead and coach this game. So I that that's my thought. I but before before everything that has happened 44-21 that sounds good. I just don't I don't know that now. I, I think you're going to get the best that you can possibly get from the Colts. Parlay my office 5 minutes. We'll like play the same game at the same time. The Arrowhead Pride same game parlay with Pete Sweeney presented by DraftKings. Welcome back in to another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Same Game Parlay. We got week one right. We got week two wrong. So we're trying to get on the right side of the win column here in week three. It's the Chiefs heading into Indianapolis to play the Colts at 12 p.m. Arrowhead time. And here's what we think 
will happen in the game. Patrick Mahomes plays a little bit better than he did last week and throws for over 299 and a half yards. So hitting that 300 mark, he gets to at least three touchdowns. One of them go to Juju Smith-Schuster as an anytime touchdown score, and the Chiefs win by a touchdown right now as we record. The spread is five and a half, so we're giving the Colts an extra point. The Chiefs minus six and a half. So the Chiefs minus six and a half. Patrick Mahomes throwing for 300 yards and three touchdowns. One of them to Juju Smith-Schuster. That gives you plus 800 odds on DraftKings. It's the Arrowhead Pride. Same game parlay. Well, all right, Pete. There you go. One, uh, one for one, huh? Uh, he hits the first week and took a dump all over himself the way Mahomes did in the second <laughs> half against the Bengals last week. I, I'm telling you, I'm not going to lie. That that total point number last week that 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 felt a little dangerous at 54 and a half. That felt a little dangerous, and um, well, sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. Yeah, the pros were betting against it, and me and Pete chose to ignore it. I take some, <laughs> I take some of the blame for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should, you said that's all right. All right, we do this every week when the Chiefs have the ball. All right, BK, what what is this to you? What what jumps out for you now? You talked about, you said forty four twenty one, just like Arizona. All right, when they got the ball, what jumps out to you, Ron? I know that you are a man that has some sports horniness to you. Oh man. What oh, is man. it in life that gets no you the most excited? What it like what when when this happens, Ron is at his peak excitement. Pants pants come off for me with big plays. I'm a, I'm, a big, I'm a big play guy. Yeah, I'm, yeah, fan over. I was thinking more in life in general, but yeah, football <laughs> also could work. Yeah, yeah, either way. Because if you're Patrick Mahomes, I don't think there is anything in life that brings him more joy than seeing one safety deep in the middle of the field. Mm. That single high coverage, cover three, old Seahawks style, he looks at that and he is licking his lips. He is ready to go. It's like Ron when he's got a barbecue cookout outside. He's ready to go. He's about to tear into them ribs. Let's go, baby. That is Patrick Mahomes against single high safeties. Especially boys, if it's not Earl Thomas back there is that single high safety. Let me tell you, Gus Bradley is ready to run some single high. And he is not going to veer from his plan. This is all he does. It is all he knows. This is it. And Gus Bradley is now the defensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. He's running the same stuff he did with the Las Vegas Raiders. It didn't work for him there. It is not going to work for him in Indianapolis. This should, Ron, get you excited because I think this has a chance to be a huge game for at least one of McCole Hardman or Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Those are your two deep threats, and against single high coverage, there's going to be some opportunities to get this deep passing game going again against this specific type of a defense. Yeah, and you would imagine they're probably going to try to sink down and take away Kelsey and Mm -hmm. just have that and have – I mean, have the the – the the flood floodgates open down the field race and 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 I don't know what the hell I'm trying to say but I'm but I'm <laughs> I'm getting sports horny right now just thinking about you know the different numbers Sky Moore Sky free, Moore deep down the field running free yeah, yeah. him yeah he better Justin he better Watson make, maybe maybe we get another Watson play yeah I was gonna say he may yeah Sky better better punt return his way down the field <laughs> is what he better do but no 17 84 11 you could see those guys just streaking down the field and and hell you know Andy knows it this is the first time he's seen Gus Bradley uh and, and he knows exactly what he wants to do. Hell yeah. I, I am a fan of the big play, right? And and now you've been hearing all week about, oh, look at Tyreek Hill and 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 they don't, you know, they've lost him. You don't have the big play. Well, I like how many, how many if you had to let's go over over under at four. How many I think that's the number. How many thirty plus chunk plays do you see in this game for the Chiefs? 
I, I mean, the safe money's on the under, but just for dramatic effect, because I believe in what I'm talking about here, I'll take the over. Like, I, I think they are going to have an explosive passing game on Sunday. If you're somebody that's Mahomes into playing... Mahomes will throw it. Mahomes yeah, will throw it. If you're into playing daily fantasy sports, like, get yourself a bunch of Mahomes double stacks in this game. And go with wide receivers. Get yourself a little uniqueness. Go with McCole Hardman and Marquez Valdez-Scantling in this one with Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback. Like, I... I think there's a real chance that you see him. I think he wants to get Marquez Valdez-Scantling more involved because you haven't really seen a lot of him in the first couple of weeks. So I, I think he if I had one pick to click this week, it would be Marquez Valdez-Scantling getting at yeah. least two deep balls. And then you get another one to Watson and then another one to your guy, McCole Hardman. Ross. Yeah, McCole, McCole, this will be his day. What you were saying at the start of the show with, you know, you're a little bit worried about this game. It's a back-against-the-wall kind of game for – Frank Reich and Chris Ballard. Like, I totally agree with that. And I do think that you will get a good Frank Reich on Sunday. But one thing that we definitively know about Gus Bradley is that he just does not adapt. Like, he does not change the game plan. And if he does, it's going to be shocking to the end. But we know definitively that he just doesn't do that. Gus Bradley just absolutely does not do that for anybody. And we've already seen Patrick Mahomes carve this up. And the biggest problem facing the Colts defense, like Shaquille Leonard is a fantastic football player. You know, case he is the best linebacker in football, but that's not really their issue right now. Their issue is that, yeah, there's some players along that defensive line who can give you some problems, but they don't necessarily have stars. And Gus Bradley likes to put his secondary in a poor situation by banking on those guys getting pressure. Now, We've seen Patrick Mahomes get some pressure the first couple of weeks, so we'll see how that plays out. But Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, and he can still get outside the pocket. He can still make plays. He can make miraculous deep down the field throws to Justin Watson. And they don't have the personnel in the secondary to totally shut down Patrick Mahomes. So I'm confident the Chiefs are going to be explosive in this game. I'm confident that they're going to drop 40 points. Hey, no, but but Serta, I'm not going to let you just gloss over that little small factoid that you threw out there about, you know, what he likes to do with the, uh, with the defensive line. That's where the problem can be because Yannick and Gakwe coming off the edge, potentially, especially with those two in the middle uh, with DeForest Buckner, who can be a big time problem. I mean, he, he, there's arguments at times last year, he was better than Chris Jones from the inside, right? He is a really, really good football player, Grover Cleveland and, uh, Grover, uh, Grover Stewart, both of them, <laughs> which is one person, but Grover Stewart also can be a problem up front. Like that, that's where it has to be. And I think it's something that you can't just gloss over because Mahomes has been getting hit way too much. Uh, right. And first off, I obviously know they're not Bosa and, and Matt coming off the edge, but those two, the Chiefs were not very confident and their offensive line holding up, so completely changed the way that they wanted to play football, and none of the downfield stuff was happening, and he was still getting hit. So he's been getting hit in all of these games, even against the Cardinals when they put up 40-plus, and in this last game, he was getting hit. He's getting hit way too much. So, yes, all of the pretty stuff of those guys running down the field, but them five up front, they got to pick it up. And and right now, especially 0-7-7. He's, you, we're talking about turnstile. 7-7, seven, seven, man. I know Bosa's good, but there are, there are points where he just didn't have a chance. He's over there just surviving right now at times. So that, that, that I don't think we can just gloss over, BK. That defensive line is maybe the strength of their team outside of Leonard, and that, that is what they're banking on giving them problems. And with the Chiefs offensive line, you could still see that being a bit of an issue at times. It could be. I think it's totally different. Like you look at that Cardinals game and the reason why Mahomes was getting hit is because they were blitzing the daylights out of the Chiefs in that one. They had they had the numbers against the Chiefs O-line. You had a free rusher and Mahomes was just able to find the open guy as a result of that. So he was taking the hits, but he was also finding the open guy because of it. You'll take that trade off, even though it sucks seeing Mahomes get hit against the Chargers. They just they might have the best pass rushing duo in the NFL when you look at edge rushers around the league with Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. And those guys are, I mean, it's a guarantee they're going to give you problems coming off of the edge. I am definitely concerned about this Chiefs O-line going up against Las Vegas. 
against Buffalo, against San Francisco. I'll be nervous again later this year when they take on the Chargers or the Broncos. Those are the games where I get nervous about this O-line because they've got the edge rushers that make me panic a little bit. They give me the cold sweats at night. This team doesn't. Quiddy Pay is fine. Yannick Ngakwe is okay. He'll get his. Like, there will be moments where he makes Andrew Wiley look bad, and you're going to be frustrated by it. DeForest Buckner is a really good player, but so are Joe Tooney and Trey Smith. And I think the thing that was concerning about last week is Trey Smith did not have a good game. It was both in short yardage runs and also in pass pro. He didn't look right, and he was on the injury report earlier in the week. I'm guessing he didn't look right because he wasn't right physically, and he just battled through it. Hopefully, the last 10 days has been enough time for him to be able to get right physically. And if he is, I really don't have a whole lot of concerns about that Indianapolis defensive line. I think the fact that that is their strength tells you a lot about their team more so than it does just how good that D-line is. Well, and it's also worth mentioning that DeForest Buckner was limited participant in practice uh, earlier this week week with the hip injury. Yannick Ngakwe also limited with the back injury. And Buckner was dealing with the back injury all throughout training camp. So I think he's just not 100% right now. I do think he's a great player, but I'm just not nearly – I just don't – I'm not afraid of this defensive line uh, in any way compared to what I thought about the Chargers last week. No, hell, no, hell, okay, I'm not saying that. (laughs) I'm just saying, I'm saying with all of the, the, the pretty thoughts of, hey, they're going to bust them up downfield, the oh, problem with could be is that, is that defensive line and the way that the Chiefs' offensive line has protected, hell, even in preseason, is not something you could just throw away, all right? Uh, okay, we'll, we'll see. I just I mean, he's been getting hit way too much, and that that's something – to watch i watched them in the first game they blitzed a little bit more than you thought they even got a sack fumble off of a blitz off of a linebacker off the edge in week one the colts did so all right well you know we'll see we'll see here all right i mean i i don't know man i i, I watched i i've I, i've watched this chief's offensive line i'm very disappointed i'll be honest with you trey smith out here getting his ass kicked the way he was that that whole right side <laughs> In the last game, I'm, I'm I'm a little disappointed. So I'm not going to just sit here. I, I want them to, I want them to take some ownership of not letting 15 the franchise get hit the way he's if, been getting hit. I, I will add this, Ron, to your point. If they do get overwhelmed this week against this Colts offensive line, it is officially time to panic in Kansas City because the the defensive lines that you're going up against, excuse me, against their defensive line. The defensive lines you're going up against over the next four weeks are way better than anything you're seeing this week against Indy. There are way more fearsome pass rushers coming than what you're seeing against this team and better stunts as well. Like Tampa Bay, they're going to come up with some stunts that are going to put you into a blender just like you saw last week against the Chargers. So this week does have the potential to bring me to where you're at. I'm just not there because right now I'm betting on the upside of the Chiefs offensive line as opposed to the upside of the Colts defensive line. They should handle them. This is just the space where the problems. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy-on, easy-off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, when the Colts have the ball. I, I think this one is really easy. Listen, man, sometimes we try to be real cute with, with different uh, thoughts or topic ideas to really dive in. I mean, this this game for the Chiefs defensively is you cannot let Jonathan Taylor take control of the game. I mean, that's just as simple as that, right? Like, if you think about teams like this that have had success is – 
they're going to try to shrink the game it's, and, and shrink the amount of possessions in the game. The Chiefs want to go up and down and have a bunch of possessions in this in this game. The Colts would love it to look at in the first quarter and look like, oh, damn, we've only both touched the ball once. Like, that's what they want to do, and it's going to happen with Jonathan Taylor. And early and often, you have to shut him out and shut him down and not let him go on a Colts four. There's Taylor for five. There's Taylor for four. There's Taylor for six. It's the slow burn with him to control the game to keep Mahomes off the field. Now, a lot of teams have tried it. And most have failed. But that is that is just something you don't want to have happen, is him take control of the game. And I believe they are going to give every opportunity for him to get it. I bet he touches it the first 10 times, the first 10 plays. I bet he touches it seven times yep. uh, in, in this game. And I think they're going to – Try to they know what their identity is, and I think they're gonna really try to push that. And you as the Chiefs, you can't let it happen because if you let that happen, then that means, like I said, shrinks the amount of possessions in the game, right? Keeps Mahomes and the offense off the field and keeps this game tight and close and low scoring. And that's the way they gotta try to win. If I was the Colts, I would be playing a game of where's Waldo? Find 47. Where's 47 on the field? Because Darius Harris, we haven't really talked a ton about this. I know that they've been talking about it all week on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, but this is where we can get into it. Darius Harris is going to be filling in this week for Willie Gay, and he will be for the next four weeks. Darius Harris is no Willie Gay. He's fine. Hopefully he can be average. That's all you need him to be right now. But if I'm the Colts, I'm looking for the gap where Chris Jones is playing. So hopefully he over pursues going up against this running game. And I'm looking to make sure that I isolate Darius Harris in a tackling situation where he's got to make a play one-on-one against Jonathan Taylor. And I'm betting on my dude to win that matchup. If you're the Chiefs, this is where you need Nick Bolton. It's where you need Frank Clark. It's where you need George Karloftis. It's where you need Derek Nadia to have a big time game. Those dudes in your front seven are supposed to be the players that help you hold up against the run. That is where the vast majority of their value lies. And if they're not able to do that this week against, as we mentioned, a below average offensive line unit, honestly, one of the lesser offensive lines in the league outside of Kelly and Nelson, the other three spots are bad. That's going to be problematic because you know what's coming your way. You're going to get a healthy dose of Jonathan Taylor in the running game. You're going to get a healthy dose of Michael Pittman in the passing game. Outside of that, man, they have nothing that can hurt you. And, and sort of this is what the game is about. Like, Jonathan Taylor, if if you are able to, to control him and the Chiefs are able to score in this game, then look out because what they don't do well is protect the passer. And if they can – and if you start to put them in situations – where they have to pass, and you know they have to pass, with with Pryor and Braden Smith and the guys on the interior, that's going to be a problem. But if Matt Ryan gets to use play action and all of that stuff because Taylor is going and you got to respect him and they can't pin their ears back, that's going to make their passing game much better than it should be. So it, it, this all revolves around slowing down Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I think that the Chiefs can still easily win this game if Jonathan Taylor has 100 rushing yards and Michael Pittman has over 100 receiving yards just because there's nobody else that you worry about on the offense. But they might have 250 total. <laughs> yeah, but what you can't have happen... It also depends is, on how they get him, though. It also depends on yeah, how Jonathan well, Taylor gets that 100 yards. And, yeah, what, what you can't have happen is, like what the chiefs struggled with against the Tennessee Titans over the last few years when they played them in the regular season. And there was a few years there where they were playing the Titans often. And it was like, why can't they beat the Titans? What is going on here? <laughs> like, why does Ryan Tannehill and Mike Rabel beat the Kansas city chiefs every year? And it was usually because Derrick Henry would just wear them down and wear them down and wear them down. And then bang, 86-yard Derrick Henry touchdown. Then all of a sudden, Derrick Henry's got 200 rushing yards and multiple touchdowns, and he's just running all over him in the fourth quarter. That's the scenario you can't have happen with Jonathan Taylor. If he gets 100 rushing yards and a touchdown, 
you live with that. You can't have Jonathan Taylor just wearing you out and then breaking off 70 yard runs at any point in the game. That's, that's the only situation in which I think the Colts actually make this like a football game. See, to me, I don't like hell. If it's a 70, if it's one 70 yard run like that, that one's not as significant to me. It's the five. All right. You know, second down and five, it's six. All right. First and 10. All right. It's four. All right. Second and six. And it, like it is the slope because it makes them hold on to the ball and it makes them keep the ball away from them. And it allows them to continue to run offense and give them the best shot. I'm telling you, man, if the Colts go down 10 points in this game and they, and they feel like they got to they got to start throwing the ball. Whew, Chris Jones and them boys better eat. I mean, they, and, and they should because that that's where they're in trouble. They they I mean, I, I I've watched the terrible Texans who have got, I mean, Jerry Hughes is 57 years old and he absolutely dominated Braden Smith <laughs> repeatedly in that game. Uh, so so and, and you know where Matt Ryan's going to be. Matt's not running anywhere. So uh, like that's why it is so, so important for that. That's where the game is. So, Ron, you, you've talked about this during the offseason a lot of how are the Chiefs going to replace having that dude on the back end of their defense with Tyron Matthew? You could always count. They had one guy at every level of having a, a legit playmaker along the defensive line, along the linebacker core, and then also in your secondary. This is a game where your dudes need to, to really step up for you. Chris Jones has to make some splash plays up front. You need Nick Bolton to look like the Pro Bowl level linebacker that Chiefs fans hope and believe that he can become. You're going to need Justin Reed to fill in the running game at some point. He's going to have to come up and make a stop. There's going to be a third and five where they decide to run Jonathan Taylor. He's able to sneak through, and Justin Reed has to make a, a stop in the hole where he's stopping him for four yards instead of six, so that way they can move the chains. Those are the guys that have to be able to make some plays, and if they are able to make them, I, I really just I, I'm I'm leaning with Serta here. Of I, I don't have a lot of concern about the Colts offense but again it comes back to those guys have to make those plays if this is similar to uh last week's game where you've got missed tackles you've got guys that are in the backfield ready to make a play Willie did this a couple of times against Austin Eckler I think there was one where he had him ready to go it was a beautiful read by him five yard TFL and then Eckler's 15 yards going the other direction it's first and 10 for the Chargers You can't have that against the Colts. You can't give them free yardage. I'm glad you brought that matchup up because sort of that that's one where it it kind of concerns me here is, and this is a bad time to lose a guy like Willie Gay. Listen, Willie Gay was arguably your second best defensive player. Sometimes he was, I mean, he was flying around the field. You saw 50 all over the place. I mean, he has played his ass off the last two games Mm -hmm. and in preseason. Man, I, I I watched them week one, and a matchup that they liked to take advantage of was Naheem Hines. They would line him up out of the backfield, line him up in the slot sometimes to try to get a matchup of a linebacker on him, and they succeeded at doing that a lot, and they hit him for easy six, seven-yard gains uh, in the passing game. And Willie Gay not being out there, which I would feel a lot more comfortable if that were him in that role, with Naheem Hines in coverage than maybe anybody else that they have there. That is that is a sneaky little matchup to watch because I watched him in week one. Matt Ryan probably hit him six or seven times in just little, you know, two-way goes in the middle of the field with Naheem Hines. That's that's a sneaky little matchup, and it's it's a tough week to not have Willie Gay in that matchup. Yeah, I, I agree. Hines is going to be a significant part of their offense. Like that's his whole. He game. may be their second best passing threat right, is, <laughs> right now he, behind. He Pittman. probably is because it I sure is right. Paris, it sure isn't Paris Campbell. Ashton Doolin led the team in receiving yards last week, and he did a uh, great job too. Paris Campbell, yeah. f- former second round pick, was expected to take on a, a large receiving role last week and did absolutely nothing. But I, I'd be curious if. You know, we, we feel like we know how Spags is going to try to compensate for Willie Gay not being here and you know the, the lack of explosiveness that you have in his linebacker replacements. I, I would be curious if we try to see Spags mix it up a little bit more and try to get more athleticism on the field, knowing that you have such a decline there at the linebacker position. Brian Cook is intriguing to me. Like, 
if you can get Brian foul. Cook in, in in a game and like in it like a almost like safety hybrid linebacker spot to try to do some of that stuff because we know Juan, Juan's probably the best cover safety that you have or at least the fastest one but you really need him deep and you need Justin Reed up in the box or maybe Brian Cook could do some of that stuff I'd be curious if we see some of those looks as opposed to just jumping straight into your linebacker pool that we know isn't that talented after Willie Gay. Similar to what they used to do with Sorensen, right? Like in the yeah, nickel, yeah, they would yeah. sometimes bring Sorensen down, put him at linebacker. You, I think you could see some of that. Another guy that, like, especially on third and long, maybe they use Legereus Sneed in some of those spots. Because, listen, man, they don't have wide receivers that scare you. Ashton Doolin is from, do you guys know where he went to college? No idea. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, FIU, that's right. Malone. He went to Malone. Carl, Carl. It, it is year four. He's a 25-year-old player. He was like an athletic marvel. He was a really good tester. But, man, that, like you don't need to worry about Ashton Doolin. That's not a guy that you need to be concerned about. Same thing is true, unfortunately, for Paris Campbell. He's had so many injuries. He's just not a is, dude that's going to Is Alec worry Pierce you. Still, still down with the concussion? I think so. He Last time I've seen. Some, he created some separation in the game. He just dropped the ball multiple times. But, um, Alec I mean, Pierce was a full participant. Earlier. Was he? So, yeah, yeah. so he's one to watch. He can create a little separation. He just couldn't catch the ball in week one. Uh, He's he, fast. Dropped, he dropped a surefire touchdown pass, hit him right in his hands, just dropped it. In the end of it. Uh, he He's the one other guy. He, he he at least scares you deep, but otherwise, like maybe they ch- try Legereus Sneed a little bit more close to the line of scrimmage. Because he's really good against is, the run, and he could maybe do a little bit of that against Naheem Hines as well. That's the that's the point, right? Like I they don't they have their receiving threats are to a point where you don't have to just say, oh, I got to stick a linebacker. You can get creative out yep. there and do things. It's just the only thing is that they catch you in there and if they're putting him and Jonathan Taylor in the game at the same time, then you wonder, do you want to be a nickel if they're running the ball like that? That's that's the concern, hence why they may – that's when they find ways to get the matchup advantage in. It's all right, well, we'll put them both in and we'll put him in the slot. But all right, if you're going to keep, you know, Brian Cook out here, another, you know, D-back out there, then we're going to run the football on you. So we'll we'll see, which then still comes back to Justin Reed, uh, uh, Nick Bolton, Chris Jones, Derek Noddy. You have to make plays in the run game uh, against Jonathan Taylor. So this will be a fun contrasting styles of how things go in this game. I do think the possessions in this game will be shrunk, though. But we do have to get to the game that is sweeping the nation. You're certified, right? Let's get you certified. I'm an imposter. Imposter, certified, certified, or imposter. Really At some point, we're going to get that right. At some it's point. point it's certified or imposter. Imposter or certified doesn't sound good. We've already talked about But it does. That. But it, it feels good to say it, though. It does. Imposter it. certified. Certified, certified or imposter rolls off That's the just tongue. Ron always says everybody's imposter, so he just always has it ready to go. Yeah, just, just rolling go off the it. tongue. I just like saying it both ways. All right, I, I want to go here. Clyde Edwards Alaire. All right. Now, I know uh, before the season started, you two were full out in uh, imposter territory with this young man. But the first two weeks, man, last week he's over 100 yards uh, in total offense, 70-plus on the ground, and then 40-plus in the passing game, coming up with pick plays the week before, multiple touchdowns. This may be the best two-game stretch we've ever seen of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I'll start it off. I'm still going to say imposter. I need I need to see I need to see more consistency of this. All right, I'm not going to get I'm not going to get tricked by you. I want to see a little bit more of this. I may have said certified had he not run down the field the way he did uh, <laughs> on that long run. I mean, good God, man, have some damn confidence in yourself. I mean, good lord, he should have scored a touchdown on that. But he was don't fumble, don't fumble, don't fumble. So right now. I love what he's doing, and I could pull the trigger later down in the year. I need to see more than two games right now to put him in the certified category. 
I'm asking this for a reason. If we had this same game and we were a Dallas Cowboys podcast, Ron, and I asked you, Ezekiel Elliott, certified or imposter? What is your answer to that? I'd say imposter. I think that what you're seeing right now is that Clyde Edwards-Alaire is basically Kansas City version of Zeke. Like He's fine, and if you use him in the correct ways, that's okay. But he doesn't – I know that he ran for 50 yards. He doesn't have a lot of explosion. He's not a guy that's going to give you a ton of big plays. I think I, I am super encouraged by the usage. The usage this year has completely opened up the full potential of what Clyde Edwards-Alaire is. We've been waiting for him to be used in the passing game like this for, what, three years now? And it's yeah. finally happening. So I, I'm super thankful for that. And I do think he looks better. He looks healthy. But I think what we're learning this year is even at his best, he's just a pretty good running back. And there's value in that, but... I think Jarek McKinnon might be like the most physically talented runner on this team. I think that Clyde Edwards Alaire is for the Chiefs what basically at this version of Ezekiel Elliott is for the Dallas Cowboys. Damn. So he's an imposter. He's an imposter. Yeah, Yeah, imposter. Sorry. Um, The usage is certified. The the talent level is imposter. I'm not going to be as hurtful as BK. Wait, I I don't understand. Zeke's fine. Just kicked him in the balls, man. No, man, that was low, man. Zeke had a thousand yards rushing last year. If 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 Clyde gets the usage that Zeke had, he he if Clyde gets a thousand yards rushing on this team, I'm going certified. You can kiss my (laughs) ass with what he's done. Oh hell no. I mean. He's up to 115 after two games. He could get there. I mean, Zeke got it still on like a ton of carries. Like Clyde's not getting that kind of usage. Just four and a half yards per carry, baby. But he is an imposter. But a lot of what BK said is it's just what you're seeing from him is encouraging. And I think it's kind of we got a glimpse of it in his rookie year is like he is a totally fine NFL running back. He is not a game breaking NFL running back. And if he can stay healthy and be utilized this way for an entire season, he's going to put up numbers and he's going to contribute offensively. And that's just what you need from him. The most encouraging part is the passing game stuff, because, man, if he can find a consistent role, and I think the reason he's been so efficient on the limited touches that he's gotten, because the Chiefs are mixing in a lot of running backs, is because they're spreading the ball around so much, because Andy's scheming all these guys different things. It's helping Clyde find the space that he needs because Clyde's not a guy who's going to get out and create his own space. So him being used in the passing game is super encouraging. And I hope he stays healthy and I hope he does this all year because I would love to see him have a big year for the Chiefs. I just don't think that he is like a superstar caliber player. Right. Uh, He's a really nice imposter. (laughs) I mean, he's a a really nice. I, I like what he's doing, man. I do, I His play bad. last week energized the Chiefs. I, I think that that Texas route that he had across the middle where I don't remember who the safety was, but the safety that came up and just tried to rock him, he crushed him over the and middle. Doing, and gained a few more yards afterwards. Yeah, that that, that got the Chiefs going. So I, he's made some big plays already so far this season. But if you're asking certified or imposter, I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, I think I did tweet out that he wow. cemented himself as a significant part of the offense this season, yeah. and he has. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I, I, Clyde, I'm not done with you this year. I <laughs> I was close. I was close as I believe to pull the trigger. I mean, okay. BK is just really down. God, it compared him to the ghost of Zeke Elliott. All <laughs> right, um, let's get to predictions. Uh, BK, what, what, let's see where you go. Colts at home against the Chiefs. Uh, they're 2-0. and Will they go 3-0? and Blowout Central, 37-13. I don't think that this is going to be even close. I think that the Colts are just outclassed, outplayed, outcoached. Ten days of rest I think is going to be significant for this team. I think they needed it after that Chargers game. I don't think this one's going to be close. Take the Chiefs. I've got the under just because of how big of a blowout it's going to be, but I've got the Chiefs big. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I, I feel the same way as we move forward through the week about this game, as I did week one against the Cardinals, like I just think the chiefs are going to be totally overwhelming. I don't think they're going to be able to stop Mahomes. And I know I said earlier in the episode that they're going to drop 40 points, but I already made my arrowhead pride prediction and it was 38 to 13. So I got chiefs beating the Colts 38 to 13, not putting up quite 40. 
do you even believe in your your <laughs> predictions or your scores or whatever you uh, say? No, I mean, I think the Chiefs are going to blow them out, but I, I don't really put any thought into the score predictions, to be honest. I, I think the Chiefs win. I think it's 28-20. Uh, I, I, think, uh, I think that the Colts are going to be able to shrink the game down. Um, to me, I feel like this is going to be a game that is settling between two scores, and I think maybe the Colts score late to get it to one score and the chiefs kind of close it out. Uh, I think the chiefs will be in, in control of this, but I don't think the Colts allow this game to get up and down because I think they're going to stay committed to Jonathan Taylor. I, I think they got to go down by probably like three scores before they just abandon Jonathan Taylor. And I think Jonathan Taylor will have some success uh, against the chiefs um, running the football. I just don't think it'll go crazy. So I think that, I think it'll be closer I think Frank Wright might get fired after the game, but um, <laughs> but I think they're going to fight and give the best effort. Like this is going to be like one of those games uh, in the first quarter. I think the Chiefs may need to, you know, weather some storms a little. That the Colts are going to come out with everything they got in that first half of the first quarter, but I think they ultimately take control and win. 28-20, baby. 3-0. Let's see, let's see uh where we are when we get back. Uh but what what is there any stuff that people need to know that are listening? Sort of you know this stuff better than I um well as always, uh please make sure that you uh check out the Airhead Pride Podcast Network, Sub- subscribe, rate, and review. We also just hired 12 new Arrowhead Pride writers. So be on wow. the lookout for all the content that's coming from arrowheadpride.com. We've got every corner of football covered now and every facet of the game. So make sure you are always tuned into arrowheadpride.com and make sure you're locked in immediately following the chiefs game on Sunday. We'll be live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter myself, Rocky Magana with the arrowhead pride rapid reaction show. That'll be good, but it won't be like the Thursday night version. It won't be. No, not <laughs> How the sexiest crew in the game. Best <laughs> man. Rocky, arrowhead. Rocky you know, doesn't play around. Man. Yeah, he doesn't play around. This is still the best <laughs> hair at uh, arrowhead pride podcast zone i'm telling you we are easily look at me even though i'm not haircut right they can't see you it's a podcast <laughs> they can't too you you may put this you may clip this you may you just never know you never know you're a little trigger happy guy all right you may click it all right we are out and looking good